Well, amen. Anybody ready to have some church? All right. Good morning, Statesboro. Let's give it a hand for our worship team. Wasn't that good? Awesome. Uh, if you're visiting for the first time, welcome to Connection Church. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, also, if you're tuning in on Facebook Live, just know we're glad you're tuning in as well. You've been prayed for, so know that. Uh, my name is Blake. I'm student pastor uh, at our Vidalia campus. And uh, man, it's been so exciting to see uh, what God's doing in our church as a whole. I see a lot going on in Vidalia there. And uh, just over the past couple weeks, just with all the baptisms and salvations and people getting saved, it's just been awesome. And I really want to just take time to celebrate what God's doing. Can we celebrate him this morning? <laughs> Amen. If, uh, if you got your copy of God's Word, will you take that out and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9? I'll give you a second to get there. We'll begin in verse 19. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, and it says this, Though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone. So this is what he says. I'm free. I'm free. I belong to nobody except for the person who set me free. His name is Jesus. But even though he set me free, that same love that set me free sends me. That same love that completes me, compels me. I want other people to see the love that changed my life, and he says this, to win as many as possible. He says, I want to see people get saved. Anybody in here want to see people get saved? Amen. So what's he do? What's he do? He says, therefore, verse 20, to the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law, even though I'm not under it. So as to win those under the law, to those not having the law, I become like one not having the law. Though I'm not free from God's law, I'm under the law of Christ. So as to win those not having the law. Verse 22, to the weak I become weak to win the weak. He's just adapting to different people, right? Now, if you highlight in your Bible or maybe underline in your Bible, I call it tatting, tattooing your Bible up. If you tattoo your Bible up, uh, uh, highlight this. I have become all things to all people, so by all possible means, I might save some. This is what he says. I want to build relationships with all types of people in order to let them see Jesus in me. I'm willing to set aside my personal preference for people. Religious people, non-religious people, high social status, low social status, white people, black people, rich people, poor people, all people. I want to do whatever and become whatever to whoever in order that people can see the love of God in me and maybe it'll change their life the way that it changed my life. Listen, here's what Paul says. I'm free. But that free, that love that we sing about is so good it's so great that I want other people to know about it. I want them to see it, and I want them to see it in me. So verse 23, he says, I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Do you not know 
that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize, run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes through strict training. And how many of y'all, uh, y'all like the Olympics? Anybody like to watch the Olympics? Man, I love watching the Olympics. They come, I think it's every four years, but it's so cool to watch uh, all the athletes come together and just compete uh, and just how awesome they are, right? How many of y'all wish y'all had the athletic ability uh, just to be able to be in the Olympics, right? Never gonna happen at my house, okay? We just don't have the genetics, all right? Just don't have it. Uh, my wife said one time, if they put sleeping in the Olympics, you'll be a gold medalist. Any professional sleepers in here? Anybody like to sleep? Uh, that's what Paul's saying not to do. He's saying, listen, don't sleep. Uh, he's saying uh, Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could sit in the stands. Uh, all football teams play in the NFL. Only one team wins the Super Bowl. Uh, run the race to win the Super Bowl. And then he says this. They do it to win a crown that won't last, but we do it to win a crown that'll last forever. I don't know if any of y'all have heard of someone by the name of Fred Stokes. He's from Vidalia, but he was an awesome football player and went into the NFL and actually won a Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. And uh, he was actually at my church a few years back uh, just telling his story. And I was sitting there and I was listening to him preach. Don't judge me. I was listening to the sermon. But the whole time that guy had on that Super Bowl ring, that thing was like that big around. I couldn't stop staring at it. I'm like, man, what a privilege. Like, what an honor to be able to have that. I mean, that's just something great that, that you could achieve in your life, right? That's something special. But I was sitting there thinking about it, and he would tell you the same thing I'm about to tell you. I started thinking about that that's nothing compared to what we have in Jesus. That's nothing compared to salvation, nothing compared to heaven, nothing compared to rewards in heaven. None of that at all could possibly compare. Verse 26 says, Therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. I'm not shadow boxing, but I strike a blow to my body, my flesh, and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I won't be disqualified for the prize. I've been having a burden this past week. Um, I, I shared it with my students and I'll share it with y'all. But I think a lot of times we get caught up in just religiosity and religion uh, in general. And a lot of times we just get caught playing church, don't we? And uh, I think sometimes we, we just show up because it's Sunday or it's, it's just that time but I started thinking, you know, God wants to meet with me daily. His word is powerful and, and God really wants to speak to us. And sometimes I think even when we come here, we don't really think about it. But God has something for us now. He's got something for us today. How many of y'all believe God wants to speak to y'all this morning? Anybody out there? Amen. Y'all going to have to get louder than that. Amen. Amen. All right. Nine o'clock was fired up. Uh, they said 11 o'clock uh, gets fired up. So anyway, I don't know. We'll see. But. But anyway, I think God's got a word for us. So real quick, I just want to pray, and then I'll go over a few points with y'all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for everybody in here, God, just their heart. And God, just to, just to be here, God, to know that we're not here by mistake. But, but God, you're wanting to speak to us. 
And God, your word's powerful. And every time we open it, God, that's exactly what it does, is it speaks to us, God. And I pray that you just do what only you can do. God, that your Holy Spirit would just talk to hearts this morning. And God, just uh, bring hope to the hopeless, peace to the ones that need peace, healing to the ones that need healing. God, salvation to the ones that need saving. And we love you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Uh, amen. When I read this uh, passage of Scripture, the one thing that uh, kind of sticks out to my mind is Paul shows us what a life looks like lived on the mission of God. That when we read this, we can see Paul's heart, that he wants to really show us what it looks like uh, to live a life on the mission of God. So I want to preach from this question right here. What does it look like to live a life for the mission of God? And I want to talk about it. I got a few points. The first is this. A life lived for the mission of God is a life invested in people. A life invested in people. When we find out Jesus invested his love into us, we want to invest that same love into other people. There's something about God's love that just captures us, right? It just changes us. We just, we just sung about it, how uh, the reckless love of God, that's exactly what his love does is it wrecks people. It saves people. It, it changes people. There's something about the love of God that just changes a person's heart from top to bottom. And I was actually explaining uh, God's love to a student this past week, and we were sitting down one-on-one, -on -one and I was drawing the gospel out on the whiteboard. You could just see his wheels just turning. You could see his heart turning, and he was like, man, I've heard about Jesus all my life, but you mean to tell me that? That he would have went to the cross no matter what? That he, he don't love me anymore based on what I do or any less when I mess up? That God became my sin? I'm like, yes, yes. And you can just see his wheels turning. Uh, here's the lyrics right here. There's no shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't climb up. There's no wall you won't kick down. There's nothing you won't tear down. No lie, nothing. Listen, nothing, 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 nothing can stop the love of God from hitting your heart if he wants to. And I'm telling you, when he takes that love, that spirit, that heart, and he puts it inside of you, there's nothing, there's not a devil in hell that can stop you from the mission of God and wanting to reach out to people. Amen? There's something about his love that just does something. God's love changes how we view life and how we view other people. And Paul, Paul he, he did it. it. Paul looked at people different. Before Jesus, he had this lens, this focus point of religiosity or religion that uh, he was cleaner than thou or that he might have looked down on people or maybe his, his way was the right way and he probably wouldn't have hung out with the people that he hung out with after he met Christ. But when he met Christ, he looked at people through a lens of the gospel not a lens of religion or a worldly lens. I'm telling you, it's going to do the same thing for us. We got to see people, not, not skin, but souls. We got to see people different. We got to see people through a lens of Jesus. He looked at people different. He approached people different. Paul wasn't scared to meet with people that was different than him. He put the person over the preference. He put the mission over his comfort. Uh, he talked to people different. Before Jesus, uh, he was filled with knowledge, right? He was a smart guy. He was very knowledgeable. But now we see that he's relationable. And listen to me, I'm telling you, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. But when you really care about people, it'll change their lives. There's some of you in here, you don't care about my knowledge. 
You don't care about what I know. There's some of you in here that you want to know how in the world you're going to raise those kids with one income. Or, or how, what you're going to do, uh, maybe your family member's going through a hard time and you're just worried right now, you don't need knowledge, you need a hug. Right? You need the uh, love of God wrapped around you. I'm telling you, that's the power of relationships is meeting people. He talked to people different. He prayed for people different. Uh, I was telling the nine o'clock service, we had prayer earlier, uh, Vivian, Eric, and Chip. And at one point in time, I thought we was going to get teleported to heaven. It got so good back there. It was, it was just awesome. There was something about it. If you know uh, the prayers that they pray, it was just great. I really didn't want to come out here and preach. I would just wanted to stay in there and keep praying. But Paul prayed for people different. It went from selfish prayers to selfless. Listen to this prayer for the Ephesians. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, you may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how big, how deep God's love is. And I, I read that, I'm like, man, we don't pray like that. Like, man, we don't pray like that. I want to pray like that. Paul prayed for people different. He reached people where they were and prayed for them circumstances. Uh, I have a burden, man, I got a student. It's in, it's in our student ministry, and I'm telling you, he's like family. And man, it burdens in my heart because I know he needs Jesus. I was driving by the school the other day, and I just pull in the parking lot, and I pull behind his truck, and I start praying. I'm like, God, put your spirit in him. Just, just change him. Let him see your love. And I'm telling you, Paul had a burden for people to reach out to people different than him and to lay aside things and bring unity and try to witness the people and let people see the love of God in him to change them. I'm telling you, we got to get a burden for people. Uh, the only relationships we're used to is, is worldly. It's just how it is. It's the sin in us. We want to uh, build relationships with people that look like us, talk like us, act like us, walk like us. But I'm telling you, that's not loving your neighbor. It's loving yourself. I'm preaching better than y'all responding this morning. I'm telling you, that's not loving. That's not, that's not loving your neighbor. That's loving yourself. Amen. There's power in relationships. That's why I love connect groups. Man, I love it. Man, I love my connect group. It's so awesome. Man, we got people in there that grew up a joke. Ain't got no family. Got people in there that grew up great. Got white people, black people, people with addiction, self-righteous people. And we all come together. We got some people that believe, some people that don't. And we come together every single week. And it's so funny, right after we get done meeting, we go out on the porch. And there's like seven or eight guys, like, we all, they all fire up their cigarettes. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. When cars are driving by, they're probably like, man, they party every week. But I love it. I love it because I'm telling you, man, it, it changes people. And two years ago, I wouldn't have loved it because I was self-righteous and I wanted to look down on people. But when I see the love of God and how it meets people where they are, a few of them guys came up here this morning just to hear God. Ain't that great? Amen. And I'm telling you, it just, it'll change your world. Building relationships with people. Paul shows us that. Write this down. One, be present. You can't witness to someone when you're not present. 
to be different. We can't be conformed to the world, but listen, when we're different and we love people, when we're present and we're different, they see the love of God in us. A, be present, B, be different. We have to become Christ to our neighbors. We have to. And there's a saying, a quote that I love, and a lot of pastors don't like it, but I got the mic this morning. So, and I really love this quote, man, when you look at it through the right lens, and the quote says, at all times preach the gospel when necessary, open your mouth. And we preach it by reading, we preach it by preaching, we preach it by singing, we preach it, we preach it. But listen, we don't need to just preach it, we need to live it. Oh, we need to lead it when people, people need to see something real, a genuine faith. Christians that actually live out what they believe in. That's what a Christian does. So listen, why don't we do it? That's the question. Like, why don't we build relationships with other people? What's some reasons why we don't? I, I just wrote down a few. This is just my opinion. But sometimes this might be a different viewpoint. Uh, we don't want to go around other people because they view different than we do. And we know, like, look, if we get around them for a little while, we're going to be arguing and butting heads like our viewpoint just ain't the same in the world. But listen, uh, Jesus never argued with anybody, but I see him loving everybody. And we set aside that difference and love people and serve them. They may see Christ in us. Sometimes it might be we forget where he came from. A lot of times the sin in us, I'm telling you, and the pride and the Satan's a schemer. And the next thing you know, we forgot where we came from. And we start thinking we got this thing under control and we're better than thou or whatever. And we start looking down on other people. But that's not the heart of God. I'm telling you, that's the heart of Satan. Sometimes it's our reputation. I remember going to eat with a friend and we sat down. He's not a believer. I was, I was trying to witness, and I, and I love him. I care about him. And we sat down at the restaurant, and he ordered a margarita, and they brought it to the table, and I was thinking, oh, Lord. Because if you know where I came from, I had an alcohol problem. And I'm like, man, they're about to walk in here and be like, he's at it again. He's back drinking again. And like, I mean, I remember just wrestling with that, but I had to come to a point to know I'm not going to fear man, but I'm going to fear God. I had to come to a point where I know that I'm going to be on the mission because the mission is what is important. I'm going to answer to Christ one day, not to men. Am I telling you to put yourself in bad situations? No. Am I telling you to go against the word of God? No. But I'm telling you, we've got to take the mission serious. And Paul did it by relationships. Y'all with me? Amen. All right, two is this. A life lived for the mission of God is a life that's led by the Holy Spirit. You can't run the race without it. Listen, one of the uh, fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. 20, verse 26, he says, Therefore I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I'm not shadow boxing. I strike a blow to my body. And I make it a slave so that after I preach to others... I won't be disqualified. Now listen to me. In order to stay fit to run this race, in order to stay fit to run the mission God's called us to run, we have to have self-control and it's through the Spirit of God that we have it. It's the only way we can run God's race. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions. Romans 8.13, for if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit, you'll put to death the misdeeds of the body. If by the Spirit, you'll put to death the misdeeds of the body. If by the Spirit, you'll put to death the misdeeds of the body. Paul says, I'm punching. 
I'm punching my body. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crucify this flesh. I was talking to a student that does cross country, and he's, man, he's great. He's probably like one of the best in the state, and he, he had a race the other uh, day, and I asked him, I was like, how'd it go? He's like, man, it went awful. I was like, what happened? He's like, man, I ain't practiced all summer. And I was like, well, that's what you get. Like, you didn't, you didn't crucify your flesh. You wanted to be lazy and didn't, and didn't do it. I play, um, I got this baseball game I play on PlayStation 4. Yes, I'm 28 years old and got a PlayStation. Don't hate me. Hey, I'm a student pastor. I got rights to, okay? That's just the way it is. And uh, some of you men, your wives won't let you get one. Ah. Uh, anyway, got them. Uh, I, uh... But I, I, I like playing it from time to time. It's not something I do all the time, but I do enjoy it. And I, I play like home run derby on there. That's my thing. I just love getting on there. And I was a baseball player. And man, when I first put it in, I seen they brought back some of the greats. Babe Ruth. They recreated him. I'm like, man, that's awesome. And Ken Griffey Jr. And I'm like, man, this is great. So I start looking for a few other people. And they weren't on there. And that's when I remembered steroids. <laughs> Listen, they wanted to run it their way, how they wanted to, what, how they thought was best, but they were disqualified. Their names don't even get brought up anymore. And I'm thinking, man, Paul's like, I don't want to get disqualified. I don't want to wake up thinking I'm running the race, but I'm fooling myself. I want to crucify the flesh. And I'm telling you, we do it all the time. We do it for sports. We do it for jobs. But we got to do it spiritually for the mission of God. So here's the question. How do we beat our bodies into submission spiritually? How do we do it? Write this down. One, spend time with God. Spend time with God in God's Word. Uh, I started back running here in the last week or so. Uh, and I was, I was about to run down, down our dirt road one night, and it was dark. And I went to run, and my wife was like, oh, you might want to be careful now. I've walked at night, when, at night before it's dark out there. And I'm like, girl, hush. Like, <laughs> like there's enough stars in the sky. I can see where I'm going. Like, but, like, I start to run, and as I'm running down the dirt road, there's these trees this overlapping where you can't even see the sky, right? It's just kind of this dark, and I'm running, and next thing you know, I feel like imprints of like where cars have drove. I'm getting to the left and getting to the right. I'm like, oh, Lord. So I just go back to the house, and I get the flashlight. She's like, I told you it was dark out there. I'm like, hush. So then I, th I think about, I get the phone, and I start to run, and I think, like, as that light's in front of me, I think about the Word of God and how it's a lamp under my feet. And when I read the Word of God and I submit myself to it, and I hold it out front that I won't veer left and right, but I'll keep a straight path, and it'll keep me on path. And I'm telling you, that's how you crucify the flesh. One, spend time with God in the Word of God. Two is this. Do it daily. Some of the best athletes in the world, like Steph Curry and, and some other awesome three-point shooters, especially basketball, if you watch them, they shoot so many shots every day. Like, they just do. And before you know it, it becomes like muscle memory. They, they just do it. They don't even got to try. It's like they, their muscle just knows what to do. And I'm over here like, like, try, 
But they, they just, it's memory. And I'm like, man, when you start crucifying the flesh and spending time with God daily, you ain't even gonna have to think about it. Like it don't make sense for a Christian to get up and not wanna spend time in God's word. So one, spend time with God. Two, write this down, do what it says. Paul was a guy who led by example. He led by example. And I'm telling you, that's what we need to do, is we need to lead by example. I found out just the power of true Christianity when I got saved. Me and my wife got married, and when neither one of us was saved. And it wasn't long after that, God's reckless love ran me down. And I got saved. And I remember having a conversation with her, and she was talking about a certain person that was going to church. And they were just real big in it. But she was saying, man, I saw them this past week in, and they didn't look too churchy to me. Like they didn't look like they had a relationship with God to me. And that's when I told her, I was like, listen, you can't get your view of Jesus from imperfect people. You hear me? You get it from God's word. So, but what I'm telling you, we're all going to mess up. But here's what I'm telling you. People do watch. And the best way to preach to somebody is leading by example. We got plenty of preaching. If you don't like this sermon this morning, go home and watch like J.D. Greer or somebody like that, all right? And, and you can find any, some people on YouTube. Be careful, though. But anyway, but I'm telling you, we need some showers. We need some showers. Amen. Uh, spend time with God, then do what it says. Third point is this. A life lived for the mission of God is a life that wants to finish well. A life that wants to finish well, that wants to run this race, that wants to do uh, what was right. I've been, I, my little girl goes to gymnastics. We pay for her to go to gymnastics. She's four. And we've been trying our best to get her to do a cartwheel. But she won't do it, man. It's like she's fearful. She just won't do it. And I'm like, I'm paying all this money. Like, you better do a cartwheel. So, but, but here's what she does. She's like. <laughs> and I, I'm over here like, man, that's cute and all, Right? But like, what in the world? Like, I'm paying a price, and that's what I get. And I'm thinking like, man, what if an Olympic athlete got up there in front of the judges, and that was the routine they gave him? And then I think like, man, is that us? Like, when I get to heaven, and I stand before the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and am I going to go, ta-da? Everybody do it on the count of three. One, two, three. Ta-da. Is that what we're going to do? Because look, I'm going to be like, hey, I went to church and I didn't cuss. I'm like, man, I feel like Jesus wants to say, where's the disciples at? Where's the mission that I left for you to do? I'm telling you, we're going to want to finish well. Ezekiel 36, 26, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove your old heart of stone. I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit in you and move you. What's going to move me? The spirit I'm going to put in you. It's going to move you. You're going to want to follow my decrees and be careful to keep 
my laws. God wants us to love people and make disciples. And I'm telling you, when, when we have the Holy Spirit, we're going to want to do that. Amen. We got work to do. Amen. Y'all ready to run? Turn to your neighbor say, run. Easy now. Hey, don't get too excited in here. I seen someone on the back row about, about took off right there. All right. Last point. A life lived for the mission of God isn't easy, but it's worth it. Running on God's mission ain't always easy. I'm telling you, I get tired. Anybody get tired? I've been in full-time ministry for six months. There's days I want to quit. Man, I get a burden sometimes. I get tired. Things happen. I'm telling you, I told you I started back running and one of my goals has been to try to be spirit-led as possible in all situations to think about, God, what are you trying to show me? What is it? And I'm a two-mile runner, all right? No more, no less, right there, that's it. But I just started back and I was running the other day and I got about a mile and a half. I was tired. I started thinking about this service today. And I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to, what are you trying to show me here in this very moment? Speak to me. And God's like, I want you to start running. I'm like, I don't want to run. I want to rest. So I started running. And I started just fixing my eyes on the finish line, on the prize. And I started thinking about, man, if I'm going to persevere and just think about the prize, think about the finish. I started thinking about Jesus and how he ran for me. And if he runs for me, I want to run for him. I started thinking about uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And I started thinking about how, man, he was running a race and he goes to a special place that he always goes to and prays. And he sits there and he's like, Lord, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. And I'm like, man, he was tired. Then he says, but if it's your will, I'll drink it. Let it be done. And I think, man, he ran the race. Even when it got tired, he finished for me. I want to finish for him. He carried the cross. He drank the cup. He conquered the cave. He's alive and well, and he's in here this morning. Somebody say Amen. I'm telling you, there's a real battle going on. This ain't no game. Some of you are tired of running. I'm telling you, that's okay. But God says, let's start running again. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get start back running. And then some of you, some of you, man, y'all ain't, ain't even started running. And that's okay too. That's okay too. But the reason you ain't started running is because you don't know the reckless love of God. Listen, there's no shadow you won't lie up, no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down. Have you, have you seen it? Have you felt it? Have you tasted it? Have you surrendered your life to it? Do you believe it this morning? I'm telling you, he's in this room right now. And I don't want to run this race in vain. Don't. Orange and blue shirts don't save people. And raising hands don't save people.
being wrecked by God's love and surrendering your life to Jesus and putting your faith in Christ does. And I believe he wants to talk to us. And I believe we got to be honest with ourselves and be honest with God. I want to pray with you. Will you just close your eyes and bow your head? God, we're so thankful for you. God, that you ran the race for us. God, that you put on the cross who knew no sin and you became our sin. You say, whosoever believeth, Lord, give us eyes and a heart to believe this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, Blake, I don't know about the reckless love y'all sung about. I don't know about this reckless love you've been preaching about. But man, I'd like to get to know it. If you want to surrender your life to Christ this morning, you say, Blake, that's me. With all eyes closed and heads bowed, will you just raise your hand right where you're at? Just raise your hand. Just keep it raised for a minute. I just want to, I want to pray with you. working this morning. He's working in hearts. He's working in mind. so thankful for the cross. We're thankful for this group of people, God, in their hearts that's represented here. And I just pray, God, for the one that's tired. God, give them strength to keep running the race we're called to. God, help us have eyes to see like you, hearts to see people the way you do. God, to lay down our, our preferences and to leverage all things for the gospel and for other people. God, we love you. Thank you for first loving us. Christ, now I pray, amen. 11 o'clock, y'all have been great. I uh, hope y'all have a great day and a good rest of the week. There went my water. <laughs>